0: Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action.
1: I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room.
2: A lot of crazy
1: scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, The assist numbers spoke
0: for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, Sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
1: Welcome to the Eastern Insider Podcast on this Daylight Savings Time edition. Alex, I don't know about you, but I always struggle after these time changes. Like, it's great and all to get more sunlight, but boy, oh boy. I'm wiped. I'm absolutely wiped. And, you know, we, we don't ever get political on this show, so
2: we're not going to start now, but I saw there's a bipartisan effort to just make daylight savings a thing forever and just change it. I, at this point, I mean, usually when something's introduced in the House or the Senate, I just like automatically question it because at some point Someone's everything did. gets questioned. Someone's got something up there saying. But this one, I, I don't know if I can find anything wrong with that. I don't know why we would keep adding Why wouldn't we just do it? More sunlight,
1: good. Less sleep, bad. All, I, I'm for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that we can maybe all bring everybody together. Maybe this is the bill that will just change the political spectrum and uh, and just make everybody happy. Again.
1: Making things happen here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. That's what we do. We're happy you're here on a very busy week that, yes... We're a little, little laxed from the time change, but boy, oh boy, we have the energy as baseball had a wonderful weekend. The outcome was not there, but they certainly showed the number three team in the country what they can do. We saw some champions crowned on the basketball court and NCA March Madness upon us this week, even though it's not your usual Thursday, Friday windows.
2: You're also forgetting it's time to heat up that... Uh... Crockpot pot and get that corned beef in there, Greg. It's St. Paddy's Day this week, so a lot to celebrate. And you're right, we talk about basketball a lot in this show, rightfully so. We had two teams that were exciting this year, and Greg, I know that even despite being tired yesterday from the time change, it was so thrilling to sit down and just watch 68 teams and their names appear for an NCAA tournament bracket. We get the same opportunity to do that for women tonight, and unfortunately, Eastern is not going to be in either of those brackets. Women went down to Cleveland, and unfortunately Unfortunately, we're bounced in the first round by a very, very good Bowling Green team who's, by the way, hoping for an at-large bid tonight in the women's side of things. And on the men's side, it wasn't quite there this year. But every year you watch the brackets get unveiled. Not only is it fun to kind of have the banter with the families and the work, and but even watching that, just even the teams at home get that little sense of, you know what, this is magical. Next
1: year, this could be us. You saw teams that have gone... From worst to first, it does happen frequently. You saw uh, Rick Patino take over a Iona club that has not had success on the basketball court. It shows what success and championships can do for a school. And I know that one of these days we'll be back cutting down some nets and getting ready for a trip. For March Madness, uh, nonetheless, I've been twice. Thankfully, uh, in in '04 and, and again in '12 on the women's side, and there is nothing like a first round uh, game, especially if you can find a way to win it.
2: Well, and you don't even have to look too far. Look at some of the storylines that come out of our conference that were in the MAC. We were in Cleveland, lucky enough to be there this week. Of course, we not only had to work for part of our for our office because our women's team was down there, but for those that don't know, Greg's staff has been the the official stat crew down in Cleveland for quite some time, so we get to see all the games and talk to everybody, and look at a a team like Ohio, who came out on top on the men's side, Greg, and it was so special to watch because Jeff Bowles, who's been their leader now for two years, well, he was a captain on the team when he played at Ohio that won a Mid-American Conference Championship, and so to see it come full circle and just the embrace that his team had, it just makes you want it so much more for the guys here at Eastern, and the good news is, and we're going to talk about this with Tom Helmer in a little bit, is the core, there's no doubt, we've got a core there, Eastern's a school that for a very, very long time and for the vast majority of the last 30 years has been a school that Cleveland time comes around. Schools don't want to play Eastern, and we're going to get back to that point very quickly.
1: Yeah, we've seen that on the men's basketball side with their runs. We've seen it on the women's basketball side recently as well, so uh, hopefully... 2022 will be a year we can do it. We've also seen people, you talk about basketball being very special, there are also those especially special moments on the baseball diamond, and that's what we got to see in the middle game of that three-game set down in Starkville, Mississippi, as Justin Mice pitched his best game, maybe only uh, his performance he had against Bowling Green as a freshman when he uh, shut out the Falcons and scattered seven hits in, in route to the win, but this was a eight plus inning performance that unfortunately he has to go home with the loss as he finds fifteen flyouts, four ground outs, uh or excuse me, fifteen ground outs and just four fly outs, strikes out Uh, a good amount of people against a a number three-ranked club, and he had a day that sees him walk off to a standing ovation in front of a visiting crowd.
2: A visiting crowd, by the way, that was thousands, and I'm talking thousands strong. Their fan rules right now in the state of Mississippi a little bit different, but let me tell you something, Greg. What we got to watch Saturday with Justin Mice was one of the most special performances we've seen in quite some time. When you have an SEC ballpark that stands up and cheers you on as you exit the stadium, and oh, by the way, you want to talk about coming up empty? Mississippi State was shut out for eight consecutive innings to start that game. They're one of the best offenses in the country. They're a team that many have picked to win the national championship this year and win the College World Series it is impressive and I'm just gonna throw it out there right now Justin Mice pitched better against Mississippi State than any pitcher in the country has done so this year so he's got a lot to be proud of and unfortunately a walk off at the end of the game and 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 it sets Eastern back in terms of the win column there but that performance was unbelievable and if you don't think that's going to serve as fuel for him going into Mac play then if you're an Akron Zips fan I would uh, I would watch out this weekend because I'm pretty sure it's safe to say Justin Mice is going to come out firing
1: yeah the Eagles twice uh fall 4-1 after a, a, a setback uh, that were blanked on Friday. So they come back in fine fashion, Find their pitching arms, didn't find the offense that they want, but this team has uh, made leaps and bounds improvement over what we've seen in recent years, and that has to uh, give everyone who follows the script a good reason to believe. Coming up, starting Mid-American Conference play this weekend, they'll be in Akron. Alex, as you look at it, We've got golf in action in Arizona. We've got women's volleyball this week in Mount Pleasant on a Tuesday before they go to Oxford this weekend to take on the Red Hawks for the weekend. Uh, We've also got football starting back up on the practice field baseball is we talked about in akron more and more things that make you feel like there's normalcy with everything right in the sporting world again well and don't
2: forget men's golf's going soccer is going they've got a couple of games this weekend they're two and one by the way after they put up a heck of a rebound performance at northern illinois and then you know it is uh it's incredible. It's all coming full circle. We'll get ready for gymnastics. Their MAC championship is coming up uh, before we know it as well on Sunday. So a lot of opportunity to stay in tune with the Eagles and to see some great successes. And really quick, back to baseball, Greg, I just have to say this. We saw the offensive numbers not great at Mississippi State, but don't worry because uh, we've got a couple guys that are absolutely raking the ball right now, and Mark Katula is a name that you need to, to listen to or to, to look up if you're listening to this. He hit a home run, by the way, on Sunday that left the ballpark in under three seconds so we're gonna be just fine on offense too so a lot to look forward to with all of our sports Greg and I think it's safe to say that finally after about a year things are really starting to turn for the better the energy was there at the MAC tournament when they let fans in we're gonna start hopefully getting more and more people to visit our our stadiums in the near future the weather's turning football starting there's a lot to look forward to on this campus Greg
1: there is more reason and we'll have plenty more spring ball coverage coming up in the next few weeks to get you set for what to, should be a very entertaining fall coming up for head coach Chris Grayton. We also will have news on football season ticket sales coming up in the next coming few days as well. So be checking your inboxes and be checking emueagles.com for all that information.
2: Yeah, and Greg, you know, before we even get there, speaking of football and basketball, a voice that everybody is familiar with and they've gotten to know over the last couple of years is Tom Helmer. And he's going to join us right after the the break. Tom just finished up his first season with both basketball teams as the new voice of the Eagles for WEMU 89.1, our great partner for many years here at Eastern Michigan and he's going to take you through a little bit of his perspective on the season and by the way if you're looking to get energized on a Monday Tom is going to absolutely tear down the institutions that voted on Mac, all Mac teams because I'm not going to foreshadow too much but he's got some things to say about Sonera Skanes and her third team bid so Greg I think that... Uh, well Tom, the-
1: <laughs> Tom's passionate there's no doubt about that. I was not it on the interview, but I could hear it in my office.
2: <laughs> I think everybody that was on Greg's meeting during the time could hear it, but just a, is that much more to look forward to on the other side of this break. So, as always, we thank you for listening. If there's anything that we can do to help your experience, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. So, right after the break, we're going to have Tom Helmer followed up by Justin Mice. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all Eastern Michigan all the time, straight from the source. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Just like that, the season has come and gone. Basketball coming to a close last week with the end of the Mid-American Conference Tournament. Of course, on the men's side, it was Ohio that made the run to the NCAA Tournament, and on the women's side, it was Central Michigan, the number two overall seed, that got it done, and we're pleased now to be joined alongside the voice of the Eagles basketball, it's Tom Helmer. Tom, first off, you just finished your first year as the voice of the Eagles with both teams. Just give me your kind of overall thoughts as we sit here, because we've talked to you before the season, middle of the season, end of the season, just your overall reaction to not only what it was like calling games this year for you, back with us as, as the new voice of WEMU,
0: but also the fact that, at the end of the day, we made it through the full season, that's the whole thing. it is we got to see college basketball. We had an abbreviated football season. Um, I look forward to a college basketball season with fans, bands, uh, maybe being able to sit courtside for all those games in column. We had all sorts of different venues. But the takeaway from this year will be that this was a completely unique experience. One I hope we never have to go through again. But one that 20, 30 years down the road, you're like, let me tell you how it was during the pandemic to call college basketball in empty arenas around the Midwest. So that was a truly unique experience, but I look forward to normal. Yeah, I mean, just last week I was down in Cleveland for the MAC
2: tournament. You were not allowed to be there because of some rules that the Cavaliers and Rocket Mortgage right. Fieldhouse House had in place with with radio. Which, uh, you know, uh, we can go back and forth on how much I disagree with that. But nonetheless, right. but it was it was interesting because we really went the vast majority of this season without fans in the stands. We're yeah. very limited, just family and friends that really didn't make that impo- impact. But I was talking to you about how having some fans in the stands for those final games made a massive massive. massive impact on the game and it really does it was really a little bit different this year not having that that kind of crowd noise
0: because it was this bring your own hype to every single basketball game and the last game i called on the men's side was at western it was a fantastic game one that eastern won And there were maybe, it was senior night, I think, so there was like 20 people in the stands. Like, it doesn't have the same, and I got the headset on, so it's probably pretty clear. In fact, I I called one down at Kent State, and I'm talking about the free throw shooter's shooting percentage, and I can see him laughing a little bit, because now I realize he can hear me, because I'm basically the only one in the arena talking at that point, and everybody can hear what everybody's saying, so... It, it was strange, but I think when fans get back, I think every game is going to feel like the Super Bowl. Just to have that group in there, you look at senior night for the women. I, I was devastated by that, that the, the women's basketball team couldn't have senior night and it was canceled. They were supposed to play Central Michigan. But as a parent, first of all, it was difficult to try and see your kid play all season then that one night to honor them, and you can't see them play one last game at the university. So fans are going to make a huge difference, family being there, all of it. I look forward to every bit of it. Well, and you mentioned the challenges of just seeing – The students
2: get to play. If you're a family member, seeing them get to play—I mean, we all know that rosters may change a little bit from season to season, and there will still be some seniors that choose to move on. But in a way, that fact of it alone makes it uh, worthwhile that the NCAA will let anybody come back this year. Really, didn't count against eligibility if they didn't want it to.
0: Yeah, but think about that. Like, also, you got to move on with your life too. Like, it's—I think it's—was the right move for the NCAA to say, "Listen." This year doesn't count eligibility-wise. If you want to come back, come back. This is this is a free year, so go ahead and play it. doesn't count against anything. But in the same vein, athletes are graduating. People are moving on with their lives. You can't stay in college forever, although I wanted to when I went to college. I probably should have been a doctor with how long I was in college. But, uh, you know, lives change. So it'll be interesting to see who does indeed come back next year. Is Noah Morgan uh going to return? Is is Ty Gross going to return? They have that option. I talked to both of them. They were both undecided on senior night. Um, and on the women's side, you know, is is there going to be anybody that comes back on that side, or they're going to graduate and move on with their life? So it'll be interesting to see how the roster changes.
2: Yeah, and I beg to differ with you, by the way, because I've never left college. I've been here that's the whole true. time. That's true. That's true. That's why I'm in this business. You really, you know, you've, you you dabbled in the pros, and unlike any athlete, you've actually come back to. <laughs> that's college. That's true. So. Yeah.
0: But I mean, I want to be in a dorm room. I want to I want to go to the cafeteria, like. I want all the college experience without the classes. That was the best part for me. Scott Weatherby, <laughs> if
2: you're listening, yeah. is there a way to figure that out for Tom Helmer? We can give him a week in the experience, and then I'm sure he'll want to go back to his home and his family after he spends a week in the dorm. Oh, I, listen,
0: I, if you had some sort of summer camp for adults where they could live the college experience on campus for like a week with and have all the fun, you'd make some money there.
2: Talk about creative revenue generation. Yeah. That would be it. And, You know, when you talk about not only the players had to bring their own energy, and we talked about that, and we saw it in certain games where. We left a few of the stadiums just saying, well, one team got up a little bit more than the other team today. I don't think it had anything to do with right. basketball. That was evident. Well, you're calling games, right. and more so than ever this year, people are listening to you because there was less opportunity, like you said, to be in the stands. Mm-hmm. How, did, how do you bring that energy? What are some things that you find found throughout the season? And, of course, you're always a pretty hyped-up guy. Right. But I know it's even broadcasters must feed off of that, f- cr- the f- crowd noise and the fans in the stands. So not having that must have been a little bit different for you as well.
0: Yeah. And honestly, what I fed off was just having the opportunity to call something because so many people in my business. Well, you, well, you also fed off to... a
2: lot of Chick-fil-A, too, when you went Well,
0: down. yeah. Anytime I crossed over the borderline, that was a stop for sure. So I definitely filled up on my share of chicken as I was I was traveling around. But for me, the energy came from just the joy of doing the job. So... For me, it wasn't a whole lot of change, whether it was a, a packed house or an empty house. For me, I was excited to do both. Will I be totally pumped up next year? Absolutely, uh, with with crowds in there. But uh, that's that's where my joy and excitement came from. I mean, I was screaming at the Western Michigan game as we go for a three-pointer at the end. It misses, but we go to the free-throw line. We bury it. They can't get it back. You win a rivalry game. Like, I'm pumped up just talking about it. You know what I'm saying? So, it was fun. <laughs>
2: Well let's get a little bit into basketball too before we get you out of here and let's I wanna I wanna do a little bit on the men's side and a little bit on the women's side because I think one of the questions people always have is especially when the tournament run or if in the men's case didn't end up making right. it to Cleveland with the new set of rules this year, but people still wanna know, and you've been around sports longer than most people, can the way a season ends influence kind of everything going into the offseason next year. So on the men's side, you know, obviously disappointing in terms of the record for the most part, but you talk about that last game at Western Michigan where the team really not only had some players back from injury that makes you do the classic, oh man, if these two were only in the if these two were only in the right, game most of the right. year. But they show that grit and that fight all the way through the end and it makes you wonder, okay, is that something to build off of for next year? What's your kind of you? you saw the men we, we a few times we talked to you, you said I just don't have enough sample size to see because they hadn't played enough games at that point, but they ended up getting their games in. uh, And, and I think it's safe to say there's some pieces that you want to see build off of. and, And, despite some of the records, you'll take that energy even at the end of the season, when really at that point there
0: in theory, wasn't much to play for. Well, when you think about what the men went through, there was a point in the season where they were deciding whether they even wanted to finish the season. They had so many stops and starts three different times they shut down, won for 25 days. They played pretty much the entire season without Axel Okongo and James Love. You had both of those guys play against Western, and it made a huge difference with block shots, with the zone defense. That was probably the only game this season where you saw what Eastern Michigan could really bring to the table, and it was a victory. You can't play with a six-eight center the entire season and tie gross and play the same way you usually play and expect it to work out. It's not going to work out. So I think this season was really mentally challenging for the men's team. I think they struggled with that the entire year, and they never hit their stride, but at the end showed enough fight to win a rivalry game and give you a glimpse of what next year could look like. On the women's side, things went pretty smooth the entire season. Um, then they had that one big shutdown after that they come out of it with a win but they lost three straight going into the tournament and I talked to Katie Hempen the assistant coach I talked to Fred Castro going into the tournament game you know I'm concerned we've lost three straight as a fan I'm concerned he said listen we've had great practices this team's ready Bowling Green doesn't have the experience we do I think we'll be fine and it didn't work out that way they played a great first half we're up 10. And in the second half, it got away from them. So what does that do for the women moving forward? Hopefully, it puts a chip on their shoulder. They lost to a less experienced team that they probably should have beat. And the first time, you called the game with me down at Bowling Green, should have beat them that time. So that's twice you should have beat a team that ended up in the championship game. So if that doesn't put a chip on your shoulder, then Fred Castro is going to have a problem. But this team has a lot of fight to it. So I expect them to feed off that next year
2: yeah when you think about the women's team too so many good pieces to build off you mentioned some of the men's pieces and Ariana Combs is one of those players that she did celebrate senior day we don't know officially yet there could be some uh, she could have the opportunity eligibility wise if she does want to come back but if Ariana Combs has played her last game for the green and white from getting to watch her the past year and really since, since she's gotten here what are the takeaways about the type of player that she is
0: I mean, Combs is a phenomenal player. She was a great one-two punch with um, She's She's somebody that lifted this team up the entire season and played with a lot of consistency. And even on nights where she didn't get her points, which was rare, she was helping out in other ways, be it assists, rebounds, and dominating in that fas- fashion. She's one that, in talking to some people, I think wants to sit back right now, see what the pieces look like next season, and then make a decision – if she wants to play another year. And if she doesn't feel like it's going to be the right fit for her, then she'll she'll graduate, she'll move on. But if it is, she'll come back. And if she does, look out, because she's going to create some problems for the conference.
2: Yeah, and Tom mentions that the points were, it was rare that she had an off night. Well, if this is the last game for Ariana Combs, she'll finish having played 44 games for Eastern Michigan, she scored in double figures in 42 of them and put up over 800 points in two seasons. Would have easily, had the, had the break not happened, yeah. would have easily become a 1,000-point scorer at Eastern Michigan in just two seasons. And keep in mind, she played last year, but she didn't come until like 10 games into the season right, last right. year. And she still would have been a 1,000-point scorer. But if she does not come back, you still have a great piece in scenarios, gains, and some other right. really nice... Pieces and one thing that I know if fans listen to your pregame interviews with Fred the whole season, heard him say and heard you talk about is we just have to, we still had Ariana and Sonera, but we have to have that third piece coming, we have to have that, that X factor. You've watched the whole season, who are some of the players that we should be looking forward to as? Hey, they need to take that step and become that person. So when you're calling games, you get more opportunity to right. call their name, and and they're making an
0: impact. Two immediately come to mind. One is Natalia Pineda. I think if she can, when she was scoring closer to seven, nine points a game, it actually made a huge difference for this team, as opposed to when she was scoring four or five points. She's great defensively; was great defensively all season. But if she can give you those extra four or five points. That seems to swing games a little bit. The other one is Jenna Annacarico, who. Fred told me before the tournament game if she can pop a couple threes early and then, you know, fire up a couple in the second half, that will be huge for us. She did pop one late in the first quarter, which was big for them, and then everything cooled off. That team was five for 10 from behind the arc in the first half, and then it went downhill in the second half, shooting wise. Those are two players that can help. Swing a game, and then you know you never know what pieces Fred Castro is going to get. You know we didn't have skeins before this. You know the season started. He goes out and gets her with a simple phone call, sees her in the portal, and be like, "Do you want to come here and play?" And it was like, "Yes." And then he hung up the phone, and then Cardwell came back, and then you were like, every time it seemed like the first month of the season, every time a game started, all of a sudden, oh well, here's O'Hara. You know, here's like there's new pieces popping up everywhere. Well, and I talked about it before the the championship or the the
2: Mac tournament started, but. Someone like even Teresha Banner played her first five games of the Banner, season. Banner, right? Averaged just over five minutes a game. Well, the last five minutes of the season averaged like twenty-eight yeah. minutes a game, and well deserved. It wasn't due to injury. It was it was the fact that she on the defensive end of the court played incredibly well. So that's someone I'm excited to see next year. Of like, she made that
0: much improvement in five yeah. games. How much improvement can she make in a whole off season? I felt like Banner must have been in witness protection, and then all of a sudden, I'm calling a game. You, you could have heard the papers rustle on air because all of a sudden I see Banner's in the game. Like, who is this? You know, and I'm going through my paperwork, and and she ended up being a huge difference maker for this team down the line. And uh, stands about what five five. Yeah, you know, not not a big frame, but plays like she's six five. So that that's the thing. Fred Castro's is great at getting the pieces in there. He has tremendous talent. The question is, can they put it all together next year, put that chip on their shoulder from what happened this year, and end up punching through and win a MAC championship? So as we sit here and
2: talk about this, I think it's fair that, you know, obviously a lot happens in the offseason. We don't know everything that will happen. We don't know how pieces will uh, gel in the offseason. We don't know the work that individuals are doing or who might even be on the team next year. But I think it's safe to say, I mean, Eastern fans listening to this, should be excited about the future of basketball here. There's, there's great room for improvement, but there's also great pieces here and hopefully soon on the women's side, It'll be us instead of a central Michigan or on the men's side. They can be, in basketball, you can turn things around quickly and be in a position to get to the tournament. And we both know that once you get into that tournament, it's about getting hot. Nobody had Ohio winning the men's side of things. It looked like Toledo from start to finish in the regular season. But guess what? We were talking about this before the recording. You shoot 55% in a couple of games in a row, you're going to find yourself in good position. And it looks like... Both teams moving forward have a real opportunity to piece some things together pretty
0: quickly. Both teams have great cores, and really it only takes one or two really solid players to swing things your way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens recruiting-wise or who comes in or what the pieces are next year. But I feel good about both these teams moving into next season. They can make huge impacts. The men will be nowhere near as bad as they were record-wise next year as they were this year and i think this year was more of a mental battle for them. i think it was a lot of players missing here and there drew louder uh, had health issues. As I said, Love wasn't there. Axel Okongo wasn't there. Noah Morgan didn't play until the Central Michigan game. They never found their rhythm. So the fact they won what they did is actually pretty remarkable. On the women's side, they're going to be a lot better. And and Skane's was, what, third-team all-conference? Mm-hmm. That's a joke. I was going to ask you about That's that. That's an because... absolute joke with the numbers she put up. <laughs> I was irate when I saw that. I'm like, listen, she's going to rage score on this conference next year. She averaged a double double. She averaged a double double. Not to mention she was like top 5 in every other category. It's like come on. Third team, see this is this is
2: good, you know. This is like the old key and peel bit the the anger uh the anger specialist because as an SID I can't be I got to be a little bit more impartial. I've got to write what the facts are. You had wasted no time taking oh, to social media to no. the personal case. No, the, the second
0: day. it came out, I'm like come on. I almost felt like and this is no disrespect. Like, listen, Hooks was a great player. Should have been where she was. A lot of great players in this conference. But I almost felt like they were looking at, all right, who got points per game, and we'll draw lines. Where was Skane's? Eleventh. But you got to look at all the numbers, the scoring, the rebounds, the field goal percentage. I mean, what she's doing on a nightly basis. Third team. Come on.
2: Well, it makes you wonder what the. I mean, the coaches are voting on this. It's like, what do we have to do to get to get her name a little bit more out there? And certainly. Winning a few more games down the stretch I think would help would help that case. But certainly I, I coaches think you're right. see her
0: once or twice. That's true.
2: So is there a better
0: way to do it? Is there a better system? Well, you know, I don't like I don't like coaches' polls in football either. Yeah. Coaches are not watching games. They're watching their game tape and getting ready to see who they need to play. So I mean, if you saw Skanes play against you once and you thought she was third team, then let's go see the, the school psychiatrist and maybe sort out if we're making the right decisions here. Because that is absolutely bananas that she's thirteen. It's insane. Right, yeah, i got to bring my heart back. No, I'm going to stay Tom. worked up till next season. I don't care. <laughs> this is absolutely
2: absurd. Oh, Tom's about to go into a cramping mode over here or, or a heart attack. One or the other. They're about the same thing. But... Oh, okay, so other than uh, <laughs> other than obviously you know working on a way to convince the Mid American Conference the voting has to be a little different now that the season's over. What does the summer look like for you? What does spring and summer look like for for you as you now get to take a break from the Eastern role and and spend a little bit more time with your family? I know yeah, that's important yeah. to you. And like, do you when you're watching, you know, if like. your your son's in the kitchen making lunch do you call that to kind of say you know to stay
0: in rhythm like explain what he's doing with the sandwich oh "Oh, look at that peanut butter spread on that (laughs) bread fantastic (laughs) that's his third sandwich today you know that kind of stuff yeah it's uh fortunately um and and last summer was the same case i I get enough phone calls to do other work that keeps me busy uh, until the next football season rolls around so hopefully that'll be the case and and fortunately for me like I got done with the, the women's game in the first round and, and put all my equipment away and all that stuff. And then four hours later, the phone rang about a possible opportunity. I'm like, all right. All right. <laughs> that's, you know, I was going to take the rest of the day. But if, if someone's got work for me, that's good, too. So but, you know, I like to take my son to the gym, work out. He's a he's a goalie in hockey and and he'll be getting ready uh, for his varsity season in the fall. So I'll train with him and get some family vacations in, spend time with everybody. So it's kind of a reset.
2: Yeah, and uh, if you do end up doing the stone skipping championships up in Mackinac again, Fans, uh, you're open to people approaching you on the street, asking for an autograph. You know, they pick up their <laughs> favorite rock. You can sign it for them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are, will you sign this rock for me? Absolutely, kid. Uh, <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah, I did call the stone skipping up at Mackinac Island. And then even more fun than that was about a month later, they had me come back up there and call old-time baseball game where they played with early 1900s rules. So the Fort Mackinac never sweats. I hope this interview is a half hour because I'm going to go for a while. The Fort Mackinac never sweats have been playing baseball up at Fort Mackinac since about 1870. That team still exists. Not the same players. Obviously, they've changed since 1870. But they play on the same field they've been playing at since the late 1800s. And when you see baseball played the way it was invented early on, it's a lot of fun, such as the key back then was the pitcher put the ball where the hitter could hit it. Everybody coming to the game wanted to see the ball in play. So actually, there were no walks. The batter holds his stick out. This is where I want it. Pitcher puts it there and the guy puts it in play. Also, nobody wore mitts. You could catch a ball off a bounce. So if you hit one to the outfield, as an outfielder, you could catch it or let it hop once off the grass and get it, and it's an out. So there were a lot of cool different rules there where the action kept moving along, and I thought that was a a lot of fun to call. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And for those that don't know, too, Tom has done a a variety of things, did some MLB work last year, could potentially do that this year. So uh, a lot of opportunities, hopefully. To still hear Tom through the off season before football gets back up and going, and of course basketball next year, and we'll be sure to always provide you updates on when Tom is going to have some different rules if there's an opportunity. Are you really
0: going to update people? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think right. the people. The I feel people like you're like, just saying that. No, I mean, okay. listen. I,
2: all I, all joking aside, it's not only good for <laughs> our fans to enjoy you, it, but it's good for us too to be able to say that. You know, the voice of Eastern Michigan is is also doing some other great work, like around, stone skipping, like stone <laughs> <laughs> like stun- skipping. Although I heard Ricky Vaughn's up there playing at Fort Mackinac now. Oh, so yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But uh, Tom, we appreciate all that you've done for us, and I know I've asked this this at the start of the season, and yeah. I think I know the answer because of your tirade that you just went on. Right, but you know, you've talked about how much this role means to you, yes. and and how. Uh, great it's been for you to come back and be in this area and and be the voice of Eastern Michigan. you still feel that way after one season in the books?
0: You know, what's funny is uh, we were talking with Fountain, the original voice of Eastern Michigan uh, basketball and football, and then uh, Greg Steiner said to me, he goes, yeah, you're the only fourth person to ever have this job. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Like, that's really cool. And to have grown up seven miles down the road, and I've told you before, the first college football game I ever went to was an Eastern Michigan game. I was like a Cub Scout. They had Cub Scout Day. I didn't know where I was. I know I got in the car in the van. I got distracted, and all of a sudden I was at a football game, but I loved it, you know. It was the Eastern Michigan game. So I enjoy every minute of what I do. Well, Tom, we can't thank you enough for all the hard work you've put in this
2: season. I know our listeners on this show are often ones that are listening on the radio, so we'll look forward to seeing you back next year, seeing some of the stuff You'll do this summer, and until then, enjoy some time with your family because I know that uh, these couple months, they like spending time with you before they kick you out
0: the door in the fall. I mean, who wouldn't want to spend time with me, right? So I'm going to autograph some rocks later on today, spend some time with the family. I think it's going to be awesome.
2: Well, he's Tom Helmer. You're listening to the Eastern Insider, and we'll be right back with more. Pitcher Justin Mice from the Eastern Michigan baseball team, he had a heck of an outing against the number 3 team in the country this past weekend. He'll join us next. Stay tuned, and you're listening on the Eastern Insider. baseball is fully in swing now their 2021 season underway last weekend we're down at the number three ranked team in the country in mississippi state and we saw what was truly one of the special performances in recent emu baseball history with justin mice on the mound going eight innings uh, strong against what is a bulldogs team that certainly has national championship hopes and we're pleased now to be joined by that very pitcher justin mice from pittsburgh and justin just a fantastic outing for For you the other day, and you know, I I just want to start off with just getting your thoughts on the outing itself, going eight innings strong. Was that something that you just were you just did you just feel on at the start of the day, and just kind of take us through what the day looked like for you?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Going into the game, I knew there was going to be you know a pretty big crowd that was going to be hard to you know get going. Um, But warming up, you know, I I felt really good, and in the bullpen, I felt like my stuff was was good, and uh, the first couple innings really um, boosted my confidence. I was able to get a lot of quick ground ball out. I had a couple clean innings to start and um it just boosted my confidence for the rest of the game. And obviously the game didn't end the way that I wanted or anyone on our team wanted. But um it was definitely still a, a pretty special bit.
2: Yeah of course you take a one nothing lead into the ninth inning against a team like Mississippi State. And your line ends up finishing eight innings pitched, only three hits allowed, four strikeouts. And by the way, I don't know if you knew this at the time or if you know it now, but you held Mississippi State scoreless for longer than any other pitcher in the country has this year. So when you kind of look back, I know you're a competitor first, so when the game doesn't go your way at the end, certainly you don't you don't like that outcome. But when you've now had a kind of a few days just to look back and, and think about the performance, I mean, did you know that was it was that special when, when you were on the box?
3: Uh, to be honest, like, like like you said, I was pretty locked in, so you know those um, that didn't really cross my mind during the game. But um, a long bus ride, I was able to definitely reflect on it a little bit, and uh, you know I realized it was a special day. Um, like you said, obviously the win would have been would have been the best thing that could have came out of that game. But um, yeah, it was definitely pretty cool that uh, I was able to do that. Um, it was definitely something I'll remember for. for Um, A long
1: time. What was kind of working the best for you with your your pitch arsenal? You look at it, you had 15 ground outs, just four fly outs. You had three, one, two, three innings. What were you able to do or, or what were your pitches that were really working best for you?
3: Yeah, the big thing for me on Saturday, I was able to locate my fastball low in the zone. Um, I threw my two seam a ton. I was able to get a lot of rollovers early in the count, especially early in the game. I, I had a really low pitch count. It seemed like I had eight or nine guys who were swinging at the first pitch, and I was able to get a lot of quick rollovers, Like I said, but um, fastball command was there all day, and uh, the big pitch for me was the two seam.
1: When you look at at this team and being able to to come back, get some some wins early that you've mm-hmm. been able to see and learn from. From those close games that you had so many last year that, that just didn't go their way. What's the biggest change in, in the mental approach from 2020 to, to 2021?
3: Yeah. I mean, like you said, we have a lot of veteran guys on the team and most of the guys have been in those situations, like you said. So we've all had those tough losses in previous years. You know, four-three ball game, two-one ball game, and now when we're in those situations, um, we've been there and we kind of know what it feels like, and uh, we're ready to flip the script and um, finish those games off.
2: Yeah, when you when you when you look at your individual performances, I mean, something that stuck out to me this year is just the whole staff that you guys have yep. has performed really well thus far, and you know, even guys that aren't getting a ton of innings are making the most of those innings. What's your kind of assessment of your own of your own pitching staff thus far? What has been the biggest change I mean Davis comes out obviously him having him healthy is is good um, but he's looked very good after having a long time off you are are always somebody that we know will be in control of the game but even a guy like Trevor House coming in has been fantastic Cameron Wagner has looked at a whole different level this year what from an inside perspective what's your assessment of, of what's made the pitching staff effective so far in the early going
3: yeah um, I think a big thing that AJ was talking about this year is just keeping it simple um, you know get in there, throw strike, make the defense work. Um, Like you said, Davis has been a horse for us already this year. And then Trevor, John Holt, Zach Fruit, and Wagner, like you said, look really, really well. And I think that's just them pounding the zone, letting the defense work. Um, And I think this year a big thing is just – attacking hitters, limiting the free bases and uh, making the other team earn it.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too, because I remember specifically David Price always talked about how, you know, his goal is to kind of get the ball put in play within the first three pitches. they are either going to strike the person out or they're Mm going to put it in play. I mean, is that the approach for you guys? I mean, do you find that that's in terms of, you know, let your defense go to work, put a ball in position where they're going to play. I mean, that, that saves your arm and, and gives your defense an opportunity to make the plays.
3: For sure. I mean, our defense, um so far this year has been unbelievable um guys are making plays all over the field and uh it definitely makes our job a lot easier knowing that you know they're on their toes and they're ready for any ball that's hit to them so our job is just fill it up and uh let them work behind us you
1: start the season off in alabama then you come back home that you're off again to, to louisville and then a trip to mississippi state for the first time you get to stay a little closer to home with Mid-American Conference play opening up. One, how good does it feel to have some of those long road trips out of the way, and how do you pass your time? And then two, what the, as you get ready for MAC play and being able to to head to Akron last this week? Uh, thoughts on on heading into conference season?
3: Yeah, I mean it's definitely nice having a little bit shorter of a bus ride, and then uh, just getting ready for conference play. I think we all know that this is when we have to be playing our best ball. It starts this week in practice, and I mean we're all fired up. To get going and uh, to start MAC play.
1: Akron, not a team you've faced in your career because as uh, your freshman year, they did not have a baseball team. They've brought it back recently. But uh, you think of, of the success you've had against MAC competition. I remember in a chat with you after your shutout win after uh, a game against Bowling Green when you blanked the Falcons playing against Mid American Conference competition, it, it people may not realize how good the MAC really is at baseball.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, every week it's going to be a dogfight, and um, we have to show up to play every game. And uh, like you said, I think I think every team is better than everyone thinks they are. A lot of good, a lot of good hitters, and um, a lot of good pitchers. So I mean, we have to be on our A game come Friday and um, for the rest of the year.
2: When you're a starting pitcher, one of the interesting roles that you have that some of the other players on your team don't well the majority of your other team doesn't is that you're likely only going to see action one game when you're not on the bump after you get done with your start how important is it for you to take on the role of kind of that supporter that cheerleader almost a coach within the dugout and uh, you know as you've gotten older and started to take more of a leadership position on the team have you found that that's something you work maybe just as hard at as as your craft on the on the hill
3: Yeah absolutely um Rufi preaches it all the time that you know all the bench guys and all the guys that aren't in the game have to be in the game on every pitch you know, you can make an impact on the game, you know, in the dugout. Um, it actually happened a week ago. Scott Granzato was key in our win in Bellarmine, kind of like picking up signs and re- relaying it to hitters. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you don't have to be on the field to help your team win. It takes all all 35 guys to uh, to get a victory.
1: Everybody has their own uh, unique routines or, or things they go through to get ready for a start. Walk us through kind of your usual routine, routine going from uh the the few days leading up to it, long tosses to to maybe what you do differently pre-game.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a real superstitious guy, so my routine's pretty simple. You know, I'll, I'll throw a bullpen on Wednesday to get ready for Saturday's start. You know, kind of just kind of just throw at the beginning of practice, you know, do some um, pick plays at practice, go through um, some off-speed, off-speed pitches, work on the changeup a little bit. But, you know, some of the guys on the team have some crazy routines and uh, – That's kind of just not me. I'm I'm a pretty simple guy to get ready for a start. I know one
2: thing that always helps when you're pitching is having family in the stands and family that supports you. And and certainly in your time here, uh, not you and a lot of other teammates have awesome family support. It's not rare to see your parents make the trip up from Pittsburgh. And I saw you know your your I think it was your brother was the first person the other day on social media to to be pumping you up during during your game. What does it mean to you to have that kind of family support and and how have they helped your journey uh, as you've become you know now in your third year here at Eastern
3: yeah I mean I, w- I wouldn't be here today without them I mean they're they're the best and like you said my, my phone was blowing up from family members after after the game on Saturday um and like you said my brother was kind of going at it on Twitter it's just it's just really cool you know they make the trip pretty much every weekend um and seeing them in the stands is, is awesome I, d- I don't take it for granted and uh like I said they're they're awesome and uh I love the support
2: Well, and two, you know, I know we talked about this past weekend, but one thing I did want to ask you about is it is incredibly rare to go into an opposing field like at Mississippi State and not only perform well like you did, but when you come off the mound – you got a standing ovation from thousands of fans that you just pitched against. That's got to be one of the more surreal moments in, in your career.
3: Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Can't really put it into words. Um, but those fans down there, were they were awesome. From when we got there Friday night to when we left on Sunday, I mean, the interactions with them were so fun. You know, they they just love the game of baseball down there. And uh, the standing ovation is something that I will never forget.
2: So as we as we kind of wrap up with you, Justin, I did want to ask you because you and I have shared the uh, the bond of Pittsburgh being uh, somewhere that's important in both of our lives. Obviously, you grew up there. My girlfriend is from there. So I've spent uh, plenty of time in that area. So I've got to ask you. And for those that aren't familiar with these places, you'll have to check them out. If you could only if you could only keep one, what are you keeping? Are you keeping Primanti Brothers, Sarah's Candies or Beth? Bakery, if you can only choose one.
3: Oh man, that's tough. Um, I'm gonna probably take Bethel Bakery. Um
2: Of course you are. You're a homer.
3: I am, I am. You know, Manny's is good, it's not my favorite. Um, but uh, you know, that Sarah's is tough to leave off, but if I had a pick, it it would be Bethel Bakery.
2: There you go. You've got it from Justin Mice himself, if you're in the uh the greater Steel City area, those are two must stops. And uh although you know, Greg would not like Bethel Bakery because he doesn't like frosting, Justin. Isn't that oh. just just ridiculous? Yeah,
3: that that that's bad. Just empty calories and sugar. <laughs> you you gotta try it at least once. It's pretty good.
2: I think we can all agree that uh empty calories are the best calories, and I think we can all agree that with baseball's hot start, there'll certainly be a team to pay attention to as we continue on in the spring semester and as their season winds up. Justin, first off, thank you for for joining us we we're really happy to see the success you've had and we know it'll continue and you know continue it during mac play this is where it uh where it gets fun so good luck the rest of the way and we will talk to you uh soon before you know it as we're home on April 2nd coming up almost almost time to open up Thanks Alex.
3: Thanks Greg.
2: That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information
0: on EMU Athletics.